The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God who was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, You do not even have a bucket, and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this cistern and drank from it himself, with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain. But you people say that the place of worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. At that moment, 
His disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with the women. But still no one said, What are you looking for? Or, Why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, in four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified, that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for, Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Looks like we have a quiet, silent mass this morning. Hope everything's all right with Dominic and and Anthony. Uh, They're scheduled to be here, so I'm sure something happened on the way here. Maybe a flat tire. They drive all the way from uh, from Davis, from Dixon, to get here. So, but actually, this would be a good opportunity because as modern people, we have so few moments of silence in our normal day, and so, in fact, instead of picking hymns and to sing off, off, you know, off key or, or anything else. We're going to do this silently with no music. And watch what happens of the movements of your heart. You'll feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that's all right, because we have to go through the uncomfortableness of silence to get to the fruits of Christ's still, quiet voice who's always speaking to us. But our, our world is so noisy, we're bombarded, always. So it's always hard to hear the voice of God. And so this beautiful Mass is an opportunity to do such a thing. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I love this story in the Gospel today. It's a famous, famous story of Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well. In the lectionary here, where I read from, we have an option to read the short version or the long version. I always choose a long version. Not to torture you, 
I do that on other Sundays. But the details here are absolutely rich. Layer. There's multiple layers that are happening here, multiple conversations. Jesus is speaking on one layer, woman on another layer. The disciples speaking on a more human level. Christ is speaking on a more heavenly level. And there's all these beautiful dynamics flowing through here. And the details of this long gospel is utterly profound. Because it all comes down to a single question. What is our deepest desire? I'm talking about the deepest desire of the human heart. Because this question is all throughout this gospel. Ask ourselves, what is the deepest desire of my heart? And again, with heart, we tend to think, oh, fluffy cotton candy or, or mere superficiality or sentimentality. No. I'm talking about the biblical idea of heart. Heart in scripture is leb. And what it means, heart, is is the deepest core of the human being. So whenever you hear the word heart in sacred scripture, it's, it's the deepest part of who we are. Not just feelings. That's the English version. No, I'm talking about the biblical version. So what is, in that context, the deepest desire of my being is another way of putting it. Jesus here is at a well. For the first century Jew, that detail is profound. Wells in the first century were places where men meet women. In a sense, one way of putting it, it is the bar scene. It is the nightclub where young men go dressed to the, to the tee, looking, looking amazing in their greatest cape and toga, or whatever they wore back then. They go to the well. Why? Because, of course, we all need water. And so we go to the well, and it was primarily the woman's job to gather the water for the family for that day. And so the wells were places where the women would go to get water, and the women would would gather all around the well, and and these wells became social opportunities as well, because the women of the town would gather. And so if you wanted to look for a bride, you go to the local well. And we see this all throughout sacred scripture, in fact. Abraham's servant finds a bride, in Genesis chapter 24. Jacob meets his future wife, Rachel, in Genesis chapter 29. Moses himself meets Zephorah in Exodus chapter 2 at a well. And so for the first century hearer, whenever you're at the well, what screams is marriage. Now the next detail. It says that this woman goes to the well at noon. This is an odd detail. This is desert country. And noon is the hottest time of the day. You do not go to the well at the hottest time of the day. Could you imagine carrying jars of water back home? 
That's the worst time of day to go to the well. So when do people go to the well? You go either early in the morning because it's cool, or you go towards late in the evening when the sun is down and it's no longer hot. So the fact is, why is this woman at the well at noon at the hottest time of the day? Because she knows no one will be there. So this Samaritan woman, for some reason, is ashamed. She's an outcast. Because if she went in the morning time, the whole town is there. Or in the evening, everyone is there. And she doesn't want to be seen. So we can take from that little detail at noon. This woman has experienced something very hurtful in her life that she must hide. Enter Jesus Christ. He sees her at that well drawing water and he says to her, give me a drink. That question, that command is not simply because Jesus was parched. No. He was desiring something more than water. So let's go back to that fundamental question that I began with. What is the deepest desire of Jesus Christ? Have you ever asked that question? At this very moment, what does Jesus Christ desire? I'll leave that question lingering in the air for a moment. Now, back to the conversation. Jesus is speaking to the woman, give me something to drink. And this whole dynamic of Jesus saying that I have water that whoever drinks of it will never thirst again. Because whoever drinks of this water of the well would be thirsty again but I have a different type of water and this woman doesn't quite understand yet because she's still speaking from a worldly level Jesus is speaking about a different type of eternal water and then he switches it up he says to her go call your husband and immediately this woman at the well would have looked down and all of a sudden we have a clue now to why this woman is at the well at noon because when Jesus says Go call your husband. I want to talk to him. She says, I don't have a husband. And then we see why. She's had six husbands in her life. She's been jumping from one relationship to another. Why? Pope Benedict, powerfully, when he reflected upon this gospel, he asked that question. What was this woman at the well looking for in these six men she's been committing adultery with? What is she looking for in these relationships, jumping from one husband to the next and to the next? Why? It comes down back to that very basic question. What do we ultimately desire in our lives? We know it's not money, ultimately. 
Because the more money we have doesn't necessarily mean we're happy. It's not a bigger house. Because we know no matter what kind of mansion I live in, I'm still not happy. It's not more of this or more of that or more pleasure or this because it gets boring after a while. So we know that material possessions and power and pleasure is ultimately does not make us happy. At the end of the day, what the human heart desires is to be loved. That's what every single one of us wants, ultimately. We want to be desired. We want someone to look upon us and say, you are good, and I love you. I cherish you. I mean, that's why we go to the club. <laughs> that's why we go to the bar scene. That's why we go on the, the internet dating sites that are worth billions of dollars now. That's why people go to the well in the first century, because they're looking for love. At the end of the day, the human heart is very simple. Look at a child. What does a child really want? Yeah, they want toys and games and, and everything else. I mean, at the end of the day, a child desires to be loved. This is what this woman wants. But she's looking for love in all of the wrong places, which is why she will always be thirsty. Jesus is in Samaria, Samaria, and that detail again is not lost on the first century hearer. The Samaritan people are the remnants of the lost tribes of Israel. In the year 721 BC, the Assyrian Empire devastated the ten tribes. And the reason why the ten tribes were lost was because they had gone astray from the commandments of God. Because they thought that their deepest desire was to behave like their neighbors who weren't followers of the true God. And what happens is is that ultimately, when they sinned, is that they place their love and their deepest desire on other than God. And God told them, and we see this all throughout sacred scripture, stay faithful to to the Lord, otherwise something horrible will happen. But they did not listen. They went astray. And in 721, the Assyrians wiped them out. The remnants of the ten tribes are what we call the Samaritan people now. And at this time period, the Samaritans and the Jews did not mix, which is why it says here that they're shocked that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan because the Jews hated the Samaritans and saw them as traitors because what they had done is that they became half-breeds, so to speak. They had intermingled with the Assyrians and Jewish people. They had created a religion that was mixed. And so the faithful Jewish people saw them and said, you're traitors. But amazingly, God did not forget about them. For eight centuries, there was a prophecy that one day the Messiah would come and he would gather the lost tribes of the northern kingdom and bring them back to him. 
Now all of a sudden, when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman, he says that one day we will worship in spirit and in truth. And the woman rightfully responds, says, I know that one day the Messiah is coming, the one we call the Christ. So she's speaking about the prophecies of Jeremiah. Eight centuries they've been waiting. Now, here is the culminating revelation. He says, one day when the Messiah comes, he will tell us everything. And then Jesus said to her, quoting the gospel today, listen, I am he. Immediately, everybody that, in that well would have fallen down. He just echoed Exodus chapter 19, the revelation of God's true name to Moses on Mount Sinai. Echi asher echi. I am he. Jesus, right here at this very moment, revealed his divine claim. I am not only the Messiah, but now I am God in the flesh. I have come to gather my lost people back to me. And immediately, the disciples were amazed, and the woman at the well were amazed, and her heart now explodes, because at this very moment, God has fulfilled his promise. What does Jesus Christ want? He wants our love. Period. And this is why I absolutely love our Catholic faith. Because it is upon this sacred altar, Jesus Christ, at every single Mass, gives himself completely to us as the bridegroom and we his bride. Jesus Christ at the well wants to marry humanity. Matthew chapter 9. Ephesians chapter 5, Christ desires to marry humanity. His deepest desire is our love. And this, my friends, is the greatest act of love we will ever encounter. The satisfaction of every desire we have.